For further analysis on what's playing itself out on that market scene, I'm joined by Peter Armitage from Anchor Capital. Peter, good afternoon to you. Thank you for being with us today. Good afternoon. All right, Peter, it's been quite a bleak week. I think what, where it's Thursday. I think it's been red screens uh, all week. Uh, let's just talk about uh, market sentiments right now and what is uh, you know, driving uh, the downbeat performance, specifically on the local boss. Yeah, so I think, you know, these things always take uh, guidance from globally. Um, globally, Europe and China have been looking quite dire. Um, the US, you've seen a bit of weakness, but still pretty still pretty strong. Um, and, the, you know, the biggest driver of the SA market is China. Mm. And there's just a lot of skepticism uh, around the world. And when you see the Chinese data coming through, um, the government's not not prepared to kind of employ the kind of stimulus they've used in the past. So pretty, a pretty weak market, and you've seen that flow through a lot of it in our commodity shares and prices. But the platinum shares have gone through the floor. Anglo is below 500 rand again. Um, we had Richemont's a big share in our market. We had Jan Rupert coming out yesterday saying that inflation is even starting to pinch the high end of the market. Um, so some negativity and a big share off, a big share like that off a fair bit. Um, but, but you know, our market is 20% NASPAS process, 35% resources. And that's all China-driven. So, uh, you know, I think the summary of the year so far is the U.S. has been unexpectedly strong and China has been unexpectedly weak. And in South Africa, we sit uh, in the latter rather than, than the former. Of course, what we also are seeing here is this widening uh, current account uh, deficit uh, for us, uh, you know, Peter. That might uh, play into the RAND. Just speak to us about this and also what it does for our inflation conversation here at home. Uh, I think we thought we uh, finally have some form of grip uh, on inflation, but it looks like conditions are turning again. Yeah, so a big factor in inflation is the currency. Mm. Uh, and I think our Reserve Bank governor, if you look at our actual inflation rate, uh, interest rates should be coming down again. But I think our Reserve Bank is very sensitive to global factors. And if you don't keep interest rates up and make it attractive for people to invest capital, um, or at least a fixed fixed uh, investment money in South Africa, so you don't have the rate high enough, um, the currency is going to weaken because money will leave the country. So the Reserve Bank has forced um, to keep rates because of global factors rather than local factors. Um, but the dollar has been strong and it's not stopping our currency from weakening a bit. Mm-hmm. We also saw an immediate weakness in the currency when, when the reality of going back into stage six load shedding, shedding hit, hit us. Um, so a combination of those factors, the weaker rand certainly will flow through into um, more inflation. And on top of that, the, um, you know, the oil price is significantly higher than a few months ago. So it's all, you know, all the South African factors are pointing slightly in the wrong direction at the moment rather bleak picture you uh, paint for us, uh, Peter. Let's also talk about Germany. Their industrial orders are plunging there. That is uh, the biggest uh, economy in that EU region. What is happening in the EU? It seems to be a bit of a mixed picture, but of course way more challenging than I think we've uh, discussed about the EU in a while. Yeah, so the EU just has a, you know, its, it's projected growth rate for this year is, is less than half a percent. Its inflation rate um, you know, the whole proximity to Russia, Ukraine, and the impact on, on a host of factors um, has resulted in taking a lot longer for inflation to come down in, in the EU and, and the UK. So that's put a lot of pressure on the economy. And, um, you know, the, the ex- so Germany, the biggest driver is, is industrial exports. 
And as the world slowed a bit, imports into China have, have declined quite significantly. So they're just really battling to get out of the starting blocks. And then I'm keen to come back home and touch on some company uh, news here. Sassel and that safer Fontaine Colliery. You know, uh, it looks like Sassel hasn't been able to catch a, a break, Peter. And I think these uh, news coming out of here are tanking that share price again uh, today. It just hasn't been a good period. Keen to get your thoughts here on what is, uh, you know, keeping uh, Sassel a little bit stuck. Yeah, so I think Sassel has just suffered from the malaise. You know, if you look back a few years ago, um, they were in a huge balance sheet pressure. I think the mistakes all started when they concentrated their capital and their management, focusing on trying to build a chemicals plant in America. Um, they took massive pain on that, that to sell half of it at well below net asset value. But I think we're starting to see some of the seeds of that coming through in South Africa now, where clearly um, CapEx got, got cut back. Um, and, you know, you can just picture the CEO of Sassel going home to his wife and going, what next? Um, so, you know, a lot of stuff, the maintenance wasn't done, the right amounts of money wasn't spent, um, and you, you're seeing the, the, the fruits of that now. So lots of issues. I think if Sassel was operating efficiently, um, the share price would be 400 rand, not 250 rand. Um, some of that is it's just bad luck, um, but, but I think a fair bit of it is the result of, of management's calls over the course of the last five to seven years. And then let's touch on a Sunlam, a triple-digit jump in earnings. Uh, you know, something we don't see often here. Is it off a low base, uh, Peter? Uh, or is it also because Sunlam has actually become a little bit uh, innovative? They've entered into some interesting partnerships, uh, really are kind of breaking free from just being a traditional insurer as we know it. Yeah, so Sunlam chose, you know, if, if you... Very different parts for Sunlum and Old Mutual. Um, Old Mutual chose to go and diversify offshore and own businesses all over Europe and the UK. That didn't work out so well, and they came back with their tail between their legs. Um, Sunlum chose to be more South African, but to have some ventures up into Africa. And they've now gone into an alliance with Alliance um, <laughs> on, uh, on developing that. And, you know, if you look back, I can't remember exactly when, but I don't know, I guess about 15 years ago, Sunlum and Old Mutual had, had similar share prices. Um, the one is now multiple of the other. So earnings for insurance companies aren't that relevant because there's lots of mark-to-markets and it doesn't necessarily represent um, sustainable uh, numbers. Um, what we tend to look at is the, is the embedded value and the growth in embedded value because that gives you a better picture of the underlying value of the business. Um, but, uh, yeah, Sunlum, you, you've also got to view these insurance companies, their balance sheets are full of equities. So it's almost like a giant, giant hedge fund and um, with a long bias, and if the market's doing reasonably, their share prices tend to do quite well. Um, but Sunlove's been been pretty neat over the last year, um, come out with reasonable numbers. We've always liked Suntum as a business from a cash flow and, and margin and growth point of view. So, yeah, we think a pretty solid one. Abita, I'm keen to get your stock pick, and we'll get it in a bit. But before then, I'd like us to reflect on some counters that have found favor with your industry peers. I'm going for Lululemon. Oh, they came out with fantastic results. Um, I think it was yesterday or early this morning. You know, turnover growth was fantastic. The profit growth was good. Yeah, uh, why not? It seems like they're really doing well and they've got uh, the product that people want to buy. It's a company called CrowdStrike. Um, I've had them before. They do endpoint security on um, cloud software. In other words, they stop people from hacking into your computers. Um, 
It's different from your normal sort of virus package that you would buy and install on your computer. In other words, it's cloud-based. You go to one provider, CrowdStrike, you buy the product. It provides security across the system. Fantastic set of results. Um, they're gaining market share hand over fist. They, they are the leader in the kind of product that they sell. Um, and interestingly enough, they've been using artificial intelligence as part of the development of their program structure since 2011. Mm. So they're well ahead on the curve as far as that side of um, applications are concerned as well. It's a rand hedge, 100% rand hedge. It's the property stock and I'm okay with it. Right? So that's where we're going, Nepi Rock Castle. Um, and because it's got Eastern European exposure and, and some interesting facts, you know, you, you're still seeing wage growth in Eastern Europe, massive wage growth. So in Romania, for example, wage growth at 15%, Poland at 10%. Um, it feels like Eastern Europe's kind of opening up, they're going, they're, social, they're reigniting, I should say, their social lives again. Shopping centers seem to be the beneficiary. Some buying some, oh, and by the way, LTV below the 35% kind of threshold they put in place. Some buying some rep, Nepi Rock Castle. All right, Peter, uh, Lululemon, uh, CrowdStrike, as well as Nepi Rock Castle. What do you think about some of these counters? Yeah, I think we like them all. Uh, Lululemon came out with results. <clears throat> we actually had, we were talking about them in our investment meeting this morning. Um, great brand. If you walk into that shop in London, you just want to buy everything. Um, growing turnover at about 18%. Um, and um, yeah, so it's, it's pretty expensive, like a 430p multiple, uh, but a good company. CrowdStrike, I think, is, you know, fits in that kind of quality IT basket. And uh, Nepi Rock Castle, I, uh, you know, nice yield, continues to grow. Uh, you've got the macro risk of being, you know, sitting in Eastern Europe, and if that really blows up, um, you could have some issues there. So I'd just be measured in, in one's exposure to it. Um, but I think, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be happy to own all of those three shares. And what's your stock pick for today, Peter? So the one we wanted to highlight was Supergroup. Mm. I think the price has come under quite a bit of pressure. Uh, Peter Manford, the CEO, took over, I don't know, it must be 10, 15 years ago, grown the company consistently, well diversified. They've just come out to the just under 25% growth in earnings. Uh, significantly, more than half the market cap sits in, a, in an Australian fleet leasing business, um, which is high quality, sustains some good numbers. And uh, if you strip that out, Supergroup's trading at a 5P multiple. I think they're going to continue to grow to buy back shares aggressively. Um, so I think they'll have another good year. And it sits in that kind of small cap malaise where, um, you know, the, 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 they're kind of forgotten about. Uh, and I think if, if there's a change in positivity on the SA market, um, you know, you could see a, a basket of these high quality mid cap shares catch a bit. Well, Peter, it's been a pleasure catching up with you. Thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and insights. That was your Midday Markets Update with Peter Armitage from Anchor Capital.